This hour, more on what Justice Alito's draft opinion could mean for abortion rights in this country and other rights as well. Joining us now is Aziz Haq, professor at the University of Chicago Law School and author of The Collapse of Constitutional Remedies. Welcome, Professor Haq. Hi, Susie. So, Professor, you wrote an opinion piece back in September for Politico, the same news site that published this leak. Your piece was titled, The Roberts Court is Dying. Here's what comes next. Seems quite prescient. Um, tell us what you wrote. Uh, the, the core point of that piece was pretty simple, that uh, in order to get anything done on the Supreme Court, you need five votes. Uh, that makes the swing justice, the person who can supply a vote to either uh, a liberal or a conser- more conservative uh, for justice plurality key. The swing vote for a while had been uh, Chief Justice Roberts, uh, but after the appointment of Justice Barrett, the swing vote became Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, the current five-justice uh, majority is one that has a very different set of priorities from just Chief Justice Roberts, whereas Chief Justice Roberts is committed in a certain way to the court as an institution that abides within certain constraints of national politics. Mm-hmm. The present uh, conservative majority, which is the most conservative in um, certainly in the last century, uh, is committed to a particular vision of America that I think it overrides their commitment to the court as an institution. You wrote that uh, Justice Roberts is being steamrolled by the court's conservatives and that, quote, while the chief justice hasn't fully lost his hold on the court, what comes next is quickly coming into view. What does this leaked document bring into view? The leaked uh, draft opinion, which has been authenticated in a way by the uh, chief justice statement this morning, uh, is a full-throated uh, repudiation of uh, the right to choose that's associated with uh, the Roe v. Wade opinion. And um, the the opinion, while it repudiates Roe, tries to distinguish the right to abortion from other interests that the court has recognized uh, under the label of fundamental rights. Mm-hmm such as the the right to contraception, the right to same-sex marriage. Um, But what's striking about the court's effort to draw that distinction is how half-hearted it is, how how weak the effort to draw lines between uh, the right to abortion and the right to contraception, say, uh, even the right to abortion and the right against involuntary sterilization, which was recognized at the beginning of the 20th century. It's not clear, that is, that anything, any actual reason given in this opinion um, stops the court from, or stops this majority of the court from unraveling other uh, commitments, particularly to bodily autonomy, uh, that uh, for many Americans has been taken for granted now for not just a decade or two, but for generations. Mm And Professor, you've been sounding the alarms about this day arriving for quite a while. 
In December, you wrote another opinion piece for Politico about Justice Neil Gorsuch's opinion in the case of Whole Women's Health versus Jackson. And you wrote, quote, this should not instill any hope in pro-choice hearts. What are your thoughts today? Well, I, I think that the tea leaves for the Dobbs opinion have been there for anyone to read um, in the earlier opinions, including uh, the work of um, Justice Gorsuch, the work of Justice Alito, uh, and the work of Justice Thomas. I I think that one of the things that I would um, emphasize now is, although the leaked Dobbs opinion makes some gestures at recognizing the complexity of moral and public debate on questions like abortion. Um, This is very much an opinion that vocalizes, that uh, carries the voice and uses the language of the pro-life movement. And in its margins and in its details, stigmatizes the pro-choice movement, for example, by using the term uh, abolitionists, uh, excuse me, <laughs> that's, that's the wrong term, uh, using the term abortionists, um, and uh, drawing a connection between uh, the right to abortion and racial eugenics programs. Um, this, is a, the, this is an opinion that is uh, notwithstanding its kind of cheap a scrim of neutrality and impartiality. Mm-hmm. It's an opinion that's taking sides in uh, the American culture wars and perforce, as a consequence of that, taking sides in the uh, partisan conflict or the partisan part mm-hmm. of those culture wars. Is this the most controversial opinion you've seen in your lifetime? I, I, I suspect that um, this will be um, one of the most controversial opinions that the court reaches in the last 30 or 40 years. I do think that opinions such as Bush v. Gore uh, are, um, were in, their, in the moment at which they were decided uh, just as controversial and, and just as roiling. Um, I, I think it's worth noting that this is a there. There are at least uh, three, maybe four, of the justices in the majority uh, in this Dobbs opinion who have indicated their willingness to embrace uh, a theory that would allow Republican state legislatures to unravel a presidential uh, election vote after the fact. This is called the Independent State Legislature Doctrine, and it's one of these um, kind of stitched together from whole cloth theories that is called originalist, but really serves a kind of contemporary uh, partisan end. So uh, it's not beyond uh, the realm of possibility to imagine this court, these justices, um, reversing the 2024 election in favor of whatever Mm -hmm. candidate they favor. And I think that candidate doesn't need to be spelled out right now. This is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. We're discussing what Justice Alito's draft opinion could mean for abortion rights with Aziz Hawk, professor at the University of Chicago Law School. Um, in a Pew Research Center poll last year, 59 percent of Americans said abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Are you worried the Supreme Court doesn't reflect the views of the general public? 
Well, I, I don't think that the job of the Supreme Court has ever been to reflect the views of the Supreme of, of the general public. I, I don't think that's what anyone who is on the court or anyone around the court uh, believes. I, I think there's a, a fairly clear sense that um, what the court's job uh, is uh, is to interpret or to apply certain sets of either legal rules or legal principles. Um, I, I do think that there is lots of evidence that over time, the Supreme Court, starting at the very beginning of the 1800s, has been very, very responsive to political elites. And it's navigated national politics in, in various kind of subtle or not so subtle ways. Um, and and maybe if there's a comparison uh, between the moment today and a, and a moment in the past, um, it's to a, a moment, uh, maybe one way of thinking about the, the Dobbs opinion that was circulated or leaked is this is, this is an example of the Supreme Court siding with one side um, of national elites, one faction within mm -hmm. national elites, uh, to the absolute detriment of another faction uh, within the national elite. Mm -hmm. Um, and the closest analogy in history that I can think uh, uh, to that is the Dred Scott opinion of the uh, mid-1850s, in which the court uh, didn't just uh, decide on the status of a particular individual who uh, was claiming freedom after having been uh, ranked as a slave. Um, Dred Scott is significant because the court uh, rejected Congress's power to ban slavery in what were then the territories. Um, and in doing so, put itself on the side of what was later to become the Confederacy uh, and absolutely rejected the moral and legal claims uh, on behalf of the states that were to become mm -hmm. the Union. So this is, this, is the, this is the court, once again, aligning itself with one faction in national politics as against, another, as against other factions. And, you know, mm -hmm. history doesn't repeat itself, but at least the last time that happened, things did not go well. That's Aziz Hawk, professor at the University of Chicago Law School and author of The Collapse of Constitutional Remedies. Professor, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Susie. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.